The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. G'day, g'day guys. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with Paul Michael Bolin, who you'll like better than you like me. And I do want to give a quick shout out and say if you like that intro music, go check out Scott Haskins' music. Just go to like Scott Haskin, Google Scott Haskin, go to scotthaskin.com. Um, but it's, it's really, really good music. He is absolutely phenomenal and he makes some really cool stuff. Paul and I, before the show, were talking about a fabulous new ad. Yeah, I'm currently trying to bounce it over to Alexis, so give me a second. Okay. So I've, I've got to ask you, Paul, oh. can you tell the listeners about the ad? I haven't seen it yet. Okay. So uh, people can correct me if I'm wrong, but I watched the entire ad, and uh, basically there's a, a woman in, in, a, in a job over her photo- photography stuff. There's a, an Asian guy playing cello. And then there's Kendall Jenner and a model photo shoot. And then a protest march walks by. And all those three people realize that their proper place is in that march while drinking Pepsi. One, it sounds racist. Two, I don't get it. (laughs) Uh, uh, Well, obviously it was like, you know, pro-protesting, but I mean, the signs weren't really... First of all, it was the most congenial protest I've seen in this political cycle. Um, and that's coming from both sides of the aisle. aisle. Uh, yep. Amer- Americans have just basically been, been giant douchebags. Bags, for lack of a better phrase. I think that's but a really fair way to put it. Either. There, there was a Nivea ad, too, that got some crap, but that one you can see a little bit more. They have a new product uh, that is a, uh, a streak-free uh, underarm deodorant, and it simply said, white is purity. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who is okaying these ads? Okay, no, I get it, because the product, being that it is a white in color, means it doesn't have any artificial colors in it, you know, those kind of things. Granted, it's a wash of chemical compounds that could probably kill you. But still, yeah. Isn't there somebody at these companies that go, <laughs> wait a minute, you know? I mean, really? There's, there's, there's not somebody going like, uh, really? There's is supposed this? to be. There's a whole group of people that the whole job is don't piss people off. Right. Is, is it the climate so bad right now that, that we will not separate 
and I know this is an old joke, but we will not separate our whites from our coloreds when we do laundry. Ugh. You know? It, it, it's, I, I quit. I quit. <laughs> oh, come on. We're all on the deck of the Titanic. Yeah, but we're getting our ass kicked. And it's not just by the waves. Um, I'm, I'm reading this. I'm looking up. Everyone's issue with this is that it just seems like... It just, one, seems racist. Um, two, it's pointless. <laughs> I, I remember when people got upset over the Britney Spears ad. You know, Pepsi, for those that think you're sexy, was kind of what she was going for, but... I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I mean, it's it's basically go. It's a if they just stick to what they know, which is what the ad mostly has, which is uh, you know, pretty girl and product. Then no, I, I get I get that, but they didn't right. need to appropriate the whole Black Lives Matter movement. There you go. Um, and that's literally what they did. Like I'm looking at photos of this right now. Oh my fucking god! I expected to turn around and call America a bunch of pansies. But they literally copied it, an actual existing protest to do this. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Like, um, I'm sorry, guys. I, I was, I was going to call everyone a bunch of names and say, you know, we're being too sensitive these days. But no, this is a reason to be pissed off. Mm. Uh, is like, our sensitivity the reason that this ad is where it is? Or was I, it even I, made? I think it's our insensitivity, meaning, now hear me out here. Uh, okay. if, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote Bill Maher a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to quote Bill Maher a little bit. Um, oh, there were no. a bunch of college, I love Bill Maher, there were a bunch of college students um, complaining that Jerry Seinfeld was being sexist and racist and too controversial. Jerry fucking Seinfeld. Right. Jerry Seinfeld being controversial. Yeah, because that <laughs> happens at some point in some world. And um, Bill Maher said... He's more vanilla than I am. Right? (laughs) But Bill Maher said, he said, I'm not a spokesman for comedians, but I know someone that was. He said, and I'm going to speak on behalf of the late, great George Carlin. Now, the reason Mm. I'm quoting this is it wasn't Bill Maher speaking for himself. It was Bill Maher saying, if George Carlin was here, I'm pretty sure this is what he would say. In the open letter, she said, dear Jerry, you know, I I don't like you doing this and all of that. And Bill Maher responded, dear you little shit. Uh (laughs) Like, you know what? You have me at that. Dear you little shit. How dare you tell Jerry fucking Seinfeld about comedy? Well, okay. Who do you think you are? First of all, Jerry could use a few comedy lessons, all right? So, Maybe, but it's I still kind of... <laughs> his sh- I couldn't stand his show because he was on it. Everybody else was great. His I don't disagree. But you, but you, per- yeah, you personally didn't like him. That doesn't make him a bad comedian. There are plenty of people that I don't like. Others no, no, that I love. That's how it goes. I mean, they can still put you know comedian on their W twos, but you know that's all. And and that's but that's exactly it. And it was kind of the the response was, how dare this college student slam on Jerry Seinfeld for being too controversial and for this and for that? If you don't like his comedy, don't buy a ticket. Right. I don't yeah. like his comedy. So do you know what I'm not going to do? Speak with your feet. You yeah, know? there you go. And that's it. And, it, and you know, I, I do like Bill Maher's comedy. I'd buy a ticket for him. And, you know, if George Carlin was still alive, I think everyone would buy one for him. But, 
I think that was one of the yeah. best ways I heard it put was the D you little shit. And I'm going to kind of flip this and say that to um, the Jenna girl. How dare you do yeah, this? Even because even she, those eyes, she has no idea what she's doing. Hang on. But here's the thing. And I'm reading on this while we're talking about this. She actually had some involvement in the direction of this ad. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's good side, bad side. Isn't there still a bunch of real powerful lawyers and smart people still in that family? Mm-hmm. There's who the fault lies on. I mean, Kendall Jenner. She's very pretty. Have you heard her uh, opinions on politics? No. She's very pretty. No, oh no, she's got them. We just shouldn't have to hear them. She has lots of opinions on chemtrails as well. Uh, she does. The point. The point oh is. God, but but then, then so does. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but then you know, so does Will Smith's kid. It it just comes down to this. What in the dress? Yeah. Uh, you. You cannot take a movement that is so significant to people. No matter which side you're on in this Black Lives Matter thing, uh-huh. whether you're into the every life matters, you know, I love the people, you know, we've got people saying no lives matter because, you know, universally uh, human beings are inconsequential. And I know I've taken some shit for some <laughs> like political views. I am a somewhat supporter of Black Lives Matter. Uh, I just think that you have to take the, on a case-by-case basis some of the martyrs. That I, I so all lives matter, but Black Lives <laughs> You know, are ignored a lot. A reminder that some black lives do matter. Yeah, because we go into a lot of areas like Detroit and areas like that, and they don't. So, and and I know, and I know that. And so, for somebody, for some pretentious, spoiled, rich bitch, and I know I'm a pretentious, spoiled, rich. So this is coming from a pretentious, spoiled, rich bitch. Let me <laughs> let me just say that. Um, okay, I've known a few, but that's about it. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of pretentious, spoiled, rich bitches everywhere. How dare you? Like, how dare you take these Black Lives Matter protests and turn them into a Pepsi ad? What is wrong with you? One, let's not look at the, and I'm going to get really political here for a second. Let's not look at the fact that most sodas are actually sold in poorest urban areas where they can't get fresh food, fresh Water, fr- you know, I mean, come on. Like, there's not enough of that, but you're going to directly market it to the lowest socioeconomic brackets and then take on the Black Lives Matter protest as your marketing tool? Are you a fucking retard? Pretty much. Now, I've lived in a lot of black areas in my time, and uh, they're not the biggest fans of uh, Coke products mm-hmm. or, uh, or uh, cola products. Uh, they tend to be more Sprite and fruit juice, for whatever reason. For the record, I'm a Verner's man. <laughs> uh, um, no, well, that, that does actually also have a lot to do with cost and socioeconomic brackets over the years, but mm-hmm. the reality of the situation, when you're in the media, you're going to take some flack. You don't even have to be you know, on the tele, you don't have to be on television. You don't have to be a celebrity. You have no idea how much shit I take on a regular basis for things I have nothing to do with. But oh, yeah, when you're in her, p- yeah, you, know, you I do had a too. Bunch I of crap last night for the Syrian attack. So, well. yeah. So it's it's yeah. It comes down to it doesn't matter what part of media you're in. 
You voice your opinion, people are going to jump you. You're in media, fine. You can be behind the scenes, in front of the scenes. But when you're in her position, you need to be conscious. And I'm really surprised um, that Kris Jenner allowed this. So one of the first things I Googled was, why did Kris Jenner allow this? Kris Jenner is no longer her momager. Because of all the Kardashians I don't like, I fucking love Uh, Kris Jenner. I think she's a genius. But once she dropped Kris... That makes complete sense now, because she is a master at manipulating the media. She is, and so, I mean, she's my hero. And so kind of sitting there, I'm like, how could Kris Jenner allow this? This is a first crack I've seen in this woman's genius mega marketing armor. And you know what? No, her daughter dropped her and decided she was going to go know, somewhere else. I know, she looked at her daughters and going, okay, they're pretty. <laughs> That's about it. That's how you know Chris is the smartest one in the I family. Need she to went. protect them and I need to give them a foreign so that they can be rich. Because they're not going to get rich on working for a living. I love that she turned around and went, all right, my daughter was dumb enough to make a sex tape with Ray J. How do I get her out of this? Yeah. All right, we're going to use it. it and, yeah, and people there was really slam I, on her that, for that. That, t- that sex tape made like $100 million. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. Ain't that great. I haven't. But it comes down to, i got to give her points. We've only got one minute's break. When we come back, we'll be with Dr. Ross. But I do oh, have to give her awarded. points. Points awarded. Points, points, points. Yeah, like uh, the only member of that family that is worth anything, as far as I am concerned, is Chris fucking Jenna. I think she's a genius. Everyone else is just lucky they came out of her hoot nanny. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all I can say. Um, they are just very lucky. You know, I, I would kill, like, you know, I love my mom. My mom is awesome. She's been in the entertainment industry forever. She protected me. But if I made a sex tape, my mom would be bribing people not to be let it be seen. Not turning around going, do you know, we can use this. I respect Kris Jenner. I really do. The rest of them, not so much. But I couldn't figure out how she could possibly have let it happen. Clearly, she didn't let it happen. And I hope that's a lesson to the dumb kid. <laughs> stick, stick to your momager because look what she did for everybody else without talent. She made a career for them. Yeah. Yeah, they all have, you know, I mean, she even, she convinced her husband to put on a dress. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. That's it. She She's brilliant. Guys, when we come back, we are going to be on with Dr. Russ talking about all things healthy, wealthy, thin and wise. And then we'll be talking about sex, lives and videotape and what it takes to get your, you know, what kind of, really it's just sex in Hollywood. Let's face it. It's the thing that sells. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with Paul Michael Bolan. We'll be right back after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Second Wind Success, hosted by Gene Carino, is all about helping boomers catch their second wind in business and life. Most of us achieve our greatest success after the age of 50. Life has a learning curve with a few stumbling blocks along the way. As long as you stay committed to your vision and adapt along the way, you'll find the success you're looking for. Tune in to Second Wind Success every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Are you a pet parent? If so, you'll want to stay up to date on the latest tech gadgets and advances for your canine or feline friend. With a ton of apps, websites, tech toys, and more, you'll want to be in the know when it comes to the real treasures and the duds. For that information, listen for Pet Lover Geek with host Lorian Clemens. We test and discuss what's hot and what's not on the pet front, so you'll be better informed. Tune in Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. Hey, g'day guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are waiting on Dr. Russ, but Paul and I were going to chat a little bit more. I'm going to fill you in on what was going on uh, in the break. I, I really want to have Chris uh, Jenner on. i got to say, she's one of my idols, because I think the woman's brilliant. I, I think her uh, daughter, how did you describe her in the one Tyler Perry movie she tried to act in? Uh, oh, she was very lifelike. She's very, she's very, very lifelike android. But anyone that can sell Kim Kardashian and Chloe and Courtney as anything other than um, the useless, talentless messes that they are, I think is absolutely brilliant. Now she's working on her son's engagement to Black China and his sock line and all of these things, and they've turned this show... Uh, in into this mega hit, and I'm making Alexis watch it because I refuse to watch it. <laughs> it's not really happy with me over it. I, I got to be honest. <laughs> yes, and I watched Fifty Shades Darker for that. Yeah, yeah you you watch Fifty Shades to the show. She has twelve seasons of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. But we have the amazing Dr. Russ on the line, and I'd like to welcome him to the show. Dr. Russ, welcome to the show. Thank you, Summer. Nice to be here. Oh, it's wonderful to have you on. We had some uh, questions that I got a real laugh out of, so we're asking them this week on the show. And I, I do have to say, I'm going to, again, when we go into these questions, remind you guys, we don't take questions that have only been asked once. This means multiple people have to have asked these questions. Um, we have one question. Mass, Alexis, mass insanity. Mass insanity, exactly. Um, Alexis didn't put names on this week. I don't know why when she gave me my list, so I'm just going to read the questions, and if this is one of your questions, uh, cool. Do nightmares burn calories? No. 
Uh, my my uh, question is, why do we have this question multiple times? Well, because uh, you may feel like you're fleeing for your life in a dream, and maybe you would think that that would be a situation where you are burning calories, but actually you're uh, sleeping like a daisy in bed. Uh, uh, REM sleep, uh, that is rapid eye movement sleep, uh, uh, that's that's the phase of sleep that's characterized by dreams. And uh, the uh, eyes move, but uh, the rest of the body is essentially paralyzed. Uh, There are cells in in the brain stem that... um, that regulate movement, and uh, to the point, uh, your body uh, normally doesn't move uh, in conjunction with your dreams. Really? I always get this horrible falling feeling. I thought that was... That's just random. Well, falling doesn't really... As you're falling, you're not burning calories. (laughs) Okay. Uh, so no nightmares do not burn calories. Um, the next question: water weight waking waking up in a you know sweat drenched nightmare or something like that. But, <laughs> but well, there are there are the forms of episode, twelve seasons of the Kardashians. Yes, that would do it. <laughs> well, there are uh, phases. There, there's dysregulation in sleep where uh, sometimes. Uh, your body does thrash about, and you know it can put your uh, bedmate um, in danger. But those are um, pathologic sorts of conditions. Uh, nightmares can signify underlying problems, uh, um, and it, it can certainly justify a visit to your MD. Um, for example. Post-acute withdrawal syndrome uh, characterized by nightmares, uh, and, and there's treatment uh, for for people who have uh, excessive nightmares. So, uh, for those individuals, I think uh, a visit to their primary care doctor would be uh, appropriate. So, the next one I'm convinced comes from a yeti, but Alexis did not put a name because that's the only way I can imagine this being a real problem. Can my hair contribute to extra weight on the scale? Uh-huh. Um, well, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, even a full head of hair <laughs> weighs uh, only a few ounces. Uh, so, uh, in fact, it weighs very little uh, uh, on the scale. Um, however, it brings to mind the... Uh, the question of how to lose uh, 10 pounds of ugly fat, cut your head off. Uh, (laughs) Or leave your kid at the mall. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the hair itself, no. um, It it weighs weighs very little. So unless you're Harry from Harry and the Hendersons, the hair is not making a difference. That's correct. Okay, and this one I, I never even occurred to me. Does bloat caused by gas show up on the scale? Well, since gas has no weight in itself, uh, it, it won't show up on the scale. Uh, sometimes excess gas uh, is accompanied by excess fluid, and uh, together the the water weight uh, can add up. Uh, 
um, it's important to uh, look at what you're eating. If you're having excess gas, uh, it's basically uh, an intolerance to the food that you're eating. Um, a good diet uh, should make you feel feel great, not not gassy. Um, there are uh, conditions such as lactose intolerance, and, and that affects up to 50% of American adults where uh, you lack the enzyme uh, to break down milk sugar, and uh, it leaves uh, the, uh, the lactose behind, and that's... Um, digested by bacteria, and, and one of the byproducts is gas. Um, there are foods, uh, things, vegetables, um, Brussels sprouts, beans, uh, that are uh, flatulence-inducing uh, foods. So uh, too much fiber, fiber in excess. Uh, uh, generally, uh, we... Um, you know, if you have variety in your diet, that that becomes less a factor. But if you have a steady diet of beans, well, uh, uh, that, that's going to uh, cause excess gas. Okay, and that makes like, sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Dr. Russ, I'm going to ask you, which was your favorite question today? I think the, uh, the nightmare is burning calories. Uh, that's a, actually a pretty good question. And so that would be my favorite, number one. Okay, well, number one, because Alexis didn't give me names this week, I'm looking right at you, Alexis. We are going to send you a copy of Dr. Russ's book, The Palm Springs Diet, courtesy of Dr. Russ. If you guys want your own copy, you can go to kennethrussmd.com. You can go to authorhouse.com or you can go to Amazon and get yourself a copy of The Palm Springs Diet. It'll help you feel better. It'll help you move more. And it'll make sure that you don't get that excess gas that we were just talking about. Dr. Russ, well, thank, thank you. Thank you, uh, Summer. I appreciate the, uh, the mention. And, and people, your, your listeners are buying copies of the book. I've, I heard that from uh, my publisher. So I appreciate it. Uh, any out-of-town copies is, is, uh, comes through uh, behind the scenes. So... Uh, Thank you for your your support, and I look forward to talking with you. Well, are you on the air uh, next weekend, uh, Easter weekend, or? I am. I I'm on the air every weekend, but next week I'm going to be talking to the listeners because I believe I'm going to come see you, and you're going to put me on the scale, and I'm probably going to get yelled at. So I'm going ah. to uh, update my listeners on what's going on there. All right. Well, we'll be and here then. <laughs> Fantastic. Then we will see you next next week, Dr. Russ. Thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome, Summer. And uh, a nice weekend to all of you, Alexis, Paul. Uh, I'll uh, look forward to talking with you the next time. Fantastic. Guys, when we come back, we are going to be talking about sex and how it sells in Hollywood. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with Paul Michael Bolland, and I do want to give a special shout-out and a special thanks to Dr. Ross for being so good to our listeners and sending so many people copies. And I'm going to ask you all that have gotten books from this show, send us some pictures. If If you've done this diet and it's helped you, send us in some pictures. We'd love to share them on air. Well, not the pictures, but the stories. We'll be right back, guys.
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. If you want to stay on the cutting edge of the bioeconomy, tune into TerraTech with host Jim Lane. Every day, new and substantial products are in our lives. What we wear, eat, and drink in our travels and in our health. TerraTech will spotlight these products and show you where and how they are being used. Listen for TerraTech live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Join the innovators and the innovations and move forward. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. And we are on with Paul Michael Bolland, who you'll like better than you like me, listening to some fabulous music put out to you by Scott Haskin, one of my favorite composers in the world. He always gives me uh, epic, epic tunes. And we are talking about all things Hollywood. I'd like to welcome to the show Dr. Welch. Dr. Welch, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, Summer. So I'd like it. Could you tell the audience just a little bit about yourself? Because I know I'm not going to do this justice. (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, my area is relationship science, so if you've ever wondered why things weren't going well with your relationships and you were tired of relying on maybe advice and opinion, then you would come to somebody like me who knows the relationship science and advises from a fact-based standpoint. So you, and you have a book out right now. Yeah, my book is called Love Factually. That's Love Factually with an F, 10 Proven Steps from I Wish to I Do, and it is the first that uses science instead of opinion to take men and women through every stage of dating from before they commit till they decide, before they meet till when they decide to commit. Okay, so I'm going to ask the question that uh, I'm currently getting on Twitter and every girl in the world wants to know, how do you make a man love you? 
that, you don't. That's, <laughs> that's, that you've, in the last 10 seconds, I've got, I t- so I typed this up on Twitter, type up what you do, go to put this out, and like it took 10 seconds, and that's the big question. Yeah, you don't. I, I will tell you this, though. You sure as hell can get out of the way and let him figure out that he loves you. A lot of women, you can't make a man love you, but very sadly, you can make a man not love you. Isn't that sad? And how you do that is you chase him down. I wish that we lived in a world where men and women had the same mating psychology and therefore that what would work on a woman would work on a man and vice versa. But in reality, 80% of my private clients are men, and many of these men are confused about whether they want to be with the woman they're with or whether they want to get more serious with someone because that person is chasing them. Men cannot tell if they want you when you're chasing them. They have to have some distance to get perspective. It's women who know what we want when we've got it. Men know what they want when they don't have it. What the hell? I know. I'm not going to argue with that. (laughs) Damn it. So what I'm hearing is if you want them to love you, dump them. Or or am I mishearing this? (laughs) or Or just if you want them to love you, then be happy to hear from them, but don't initiate. You know, it's funny, I have a client right now who was saying something along the lines of, I'm a powerful woman and I don't like waiting. And I said, what if you reframe this? It's not waiting, it's testing. You're testing to see whether he really wants you and you're giving him the space to see whether he needs you in his life or not. Men commit when they realize they can't live without you. How do they know they can't live without you? Because they're living without you. They're not, you're not constantly in their face. This doesn't mean being bitchy, though, and it doesn't mean being rude, and it doesn't mean being aloof. It just means they make the move, and you respond enthusiastically to that move, but you don't initiate it. So he calls, he texts, he asks you out. Uh, You don't answer right away. If he calls you or texts you on a Friday night, you're busy. Even if you're doing the Netflix and show by yourself thing, you're still busy. You don't respond right away. You wait, and that waiting makes him uncomfortable. And men, you know... Men fall in love when they're uncomfortable. Now, what if the guy doesn't really love you? If he's not inclined towards you, none of this is going to quote-unquote work. Um, he's not going to be in love with you, but here's what he is going to do. He's going to bugger off and find somebody else. Do you want to spend years with a man who doesn't really want you? I don't. Neither do I. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you just, everybody gets really clear really fast, and that's what I like about it. I call it creating barriers. When, when women are less available than men would like, again, in a friendly way, not a bitchy way, but when we're less available than men would like, it creates a tipping point. And what research shows is that men who are looking for casual sex, um, they don't want to do any work to get to that typically. So if they're just looking for casual sex, then you're going to tip out the players. But if they are interested in you for more, you're going to tip in the stairs. It's, it's like a balancing act, and you're tipping one group out and the other group in. Now, um, I have been criticized in the past for seeming to sell the idea of commitment and marriage, and I will say that, women, if you don't want commitment in marriage, if what you want is to just have fun and have sex, you don't need my advice. Yeah, a lot of guys are going to like it if you offer up sex without any strings attached, and that's fine. I'm not... Yeah, I'll um, pull it. Yeah, pull <laughs> Yeah. That's well, fine. I, but, um, most I can be reached on Facebook. I can be reached on Twitter. <laughs> yes, I'm cool with it. Well, Hollywood, Hollywood sells sex as it is. 
That's what we do. We sell sex and we sell it well. And we teach girls that if you buy your eyelashes, a man is going to fall desperately in love with you. So it's nice to hear an opposing opinion. Yeah, because... you know, not going to lie, physical appearance obviously has a lot to do with whether a man ever speaks to you, but we've all known the person who was really beautiful on the surface, and then they open their mouths. I dated him. He was uh, Chippendale. All he could say was, that's mm. cool, babe. That's cool. Yeah, a 10 can become a 2 really quickly. So quickly. <laughs> it's absolutely true, So. So what's up with all that uh, selling of sex in Hollywood? Yeah, you know, I mean, looking great opens a lot of doors, but they, sh- they slam shut if there's no substance behind your style. Well, what do you recommend for girls that are living in the uh, Instagram age, idolizing Kim Kardashian and thinking for some reason that Kanye West is a viable choice? We won't even discuss the psychology there. But... Um, what do you suggest for girls that are living in this world of unreal, is what I call it. It's, it's that bullshit world where Instagram is king. I mean, I met someone the other day that said they were an Instagram model. Not a real fucking thing, girls. Not a real thing. Um, sorry, I was like, I was model. It sucked. You can't be an Instagram model. It's not a thing. Um but what do, you, what do you say to those girls who are trying to find a balance between what they're seeing created on social media and in film and trying to find real love? God, you know, social media is like everything else. It has its good points and its bad points, and its good points are often its bad points. Um, so there have been studies that show, for example, that social media, if we are connected with somebody who's had something good happen to them, their happiness spills over into our life a little bit, makes us a little bit happier too. Uh, But there's also the reverse effect where seeing other people's happiness when we're miserable makes us even more miserable by comparison. I will tell you that a lot of eating disorders are um, furthered or even begun when people are comparing themselves to those who are even thinner or even better looking or whatever the the more of something is that we want, uh, youth, beauty, appearance, and uh, that really the healthy thing to do in that case is get off Instagram and go out in the real world where there are heavy people pushing grocery carts through the store. Okay. It, but is that the place to find love? What about these people that are creating relationships over Instagram and Twitter and Facebook? And creating oh, these. Fine. That's fine. You know, I was really surprised to find that, um, well, first of all, the Harris poll, which is a very well-conducted scientific type of poll, found that between, I think it was 2000 and 2008, a full third of Americans who had gotten married in that time had gotten married to someone they had met online. So meeting someone online is actually completely viable. What was really, really interesting about the Harris Poll was that the people who had met online were slightly happier than people who had met any other way. So it's it's not a correct assumption to think that a relationship that initially was formed online can't be real or lasting. But, you know, you, you need to do some vetting. I will say that relationships that are formed in an online context where people didn't pay anything to be there, um, those don't tend to be as likely to get off the ground as relationships 
where people had some investment just to be on the site. So, for example, my husband and I actually met online. We met on eHarmony, but I was on two other dating sites at the time. All three of the dating sites I was on involved people having to pay to be there. And by doing that, I was able to weed out a lot of people who were just kind of seeing what's there. They didn't really want commitment. They really wanted to hook up. I didn't want to hook up. I was a single mom. I wanted a real thing. And so I wanted other people who wanted a real thing. And how you get that online is you pay. That makes sense. Now, I'm going to ask you, um, do you think it's the same? I, I, I agree with you, meeting online is very, very viable. But what about people that create what are the, the Twitter ships, the, the Instagram relationships where they don't really see each other, they go through a series of photos and learn the image of the other person? Well, clearly that's not likely to pan out. I mean, you can't. Uh, I guess it can work as long as they keep the relationship online, but as soon as they want to meet in person, I'm guessing that's just going to fall apart. For one thing, there's something, what you're describing um, sounds so self-absorbed, it's difficult to imagine that two people who felt that way would be able to care enough about the other to really make it work out. Real relationships <laughs> require really caring Sorry. about the other person and not just about oneself. It's kind of like what you said, Summer, about Kanye West. I mean, who needs Kanye West? He already has Kanye. Uh, that's exactly it. Like, it, it's really, nobody needs Kanye. Kanye loves Kanye enough for everybody else. Yes, he does. And, and good for him. But, you know, the rest of us need to stay out of his relationship. <laughs> Wish the rest of the, his relationships would stay off television. Um, <laughs> That's just not how it's going to work. No, it's it's really not. If if you had to give advice to someone like Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, what would you say? What do you what would you say to them? I would ask, why are you asking me for advice? You've already got all the answers. <laughs> I I like I like that answer. <laughs> I gotta say, that's the best one I've heard. <laughs> Uh, what about the young girls who are looking for a relationship like that? A lot of girls uh, in their early 20s and late teens are looking for that drama-filled relationship because, let's face it, that's what we've put on television. I would say to them that, um, you know, your life is your own experiment and if that's what you want, go see if it makes you happy and if it doesn't, let's talk about doing something else that will. What do you think, if you're in a relationship and you want it to last, what's the best advice you could give someone? Pick, someone? pick someone who is kind and respectful as their default, because if you can find and be someone kind and respectful, your love life will go well, I promise, based on more than 50 years of science now. Um, but if you can't find or be someone kind of respectful, it's just never going to work. You know, really, in Hollywood, marriages should, quote-unquote, work better than anywhere else because you've got people who are both beautiful, both wealthy, both socially connected, and presumably share some of the same values. And yet marriages there don't fare as well as they do almost everywhere else. Why is that? There are not a lot of there's not a lot of emphasis on kindness and respectfulness. I have to say, and Values? research couldn't be Values, clear about that. It's like I, I can tell you why the ones in Hollywood don't work, and it goes back to nobody loves Kanye as much as Kanye. I've I've dated yes. a lot of a lot of celebrities. I've dated a lot of sports people. I've uh, and that that always lasts about one date because there's only so much I can hear about that person. Um, yes. 
So that's my advice is remember that every gorgeous person you've ever seen, there's someone who's already tired of their shit. (laughs) I think that is a really good way to put it. If you're in a relationship, you're saying uh, respect is the default setting. How can you... It's a nice way of saying this. I'm, I'm, I'm currently looking at Twitter. How can you cheat proof, cheating proof your relationship, cheat proof your relationship? The easiest way to cheat proof your relationship is to find someone who's never cheated on someone. The, the best predictor of what any of us is going to do in the future is what we've done in the past. It's not the case that one per, that once a cheater, always a cheater, but it is a case that if someone's, you know, past their early 20s and they've never cheated on a partner, they probably aren't going to. Mm. Yeah, I think Maya Angelou said, you know, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Oh, I think I'm in love with you. That's one of my favorite quotes. Mm. What does I think I'm in love with you mean? Shouldn't you know that? <laughs> no, I'm I, saying that to him, I, that I, I love that him was, because oh, he loves that quote. Thank you very much. I, 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 but that's that's the thing. I don't I don't understand it. I mean, Hollywood dating's easy for me. You know, Courtney Kardashian's dating Diddy's son. Well, of course she's dating Diddy's son. She just got done dating about eight other people, and it's all for press. And if these girls had as much sex as they're reported to have, have they'd never be able to walk. Half of it's for publicity. <laughs> but the real, real dating, real life dating, I think becomes harder. When you're in the entertainment sphere and you're you're in that fishbowl, um, but it doesn't mean it gets any easier when you're outside of that. You know, you have money troubles you know, creep on. You have relationship. Summer, I have to Sorry. agree with you. I actually I actually think that it is harder in Hollywood than it is elsewhere. And I usually try to only talk about things where I have scientific evidence. The only evidence I have here is that. Um, that Hollywood has a higher divorce rate than you find in quote-unquote normal circumstances. The current divorce rate throughout most of America is only one-third. It's not anywhere close to 50%. And I don't have the stats on Hollywood, but I think it's a fair bet that it's quite a bit higher than a third. uh, We're we're over 50%. Sorry. What's that? We're over 50%. We're over 50%. Yeah, and and I think it's because uh, you're living in a fishbowl, and I think even if people have values that emphasize kindness and respect, that makes it difficult. But I think also you're just in an environment where everyone has to put themselves forward all the time, and being that invested in one's own ego makes it so difficult to really put someone else first. And lifetime love requires um, investing a lot of care and concern into what's good for this other person and less into yourself. I think that's a very nice way of putting it, of way of putting it. Do you think Hollywood couples can survive? Oh, I mean, aside from Goldie. I, I, I'm thinking of couples that, that did survive it. As I talk about this, I'm thinking about uh, Gilda Radford, you know, she, she and uh, Gene Wilder were married until her death. And then he got remarried and he was married to his next wife until he died. And, um, I'm thinking of, oh gosh, he had beautiful blue eyes. Paul Newman and Joan Woodward. Oh um, yeah, that one I'm, lasted for fifty plus years. That one lasted forever, yeah. And uh, I'm also thinking about Patrick Swayze and his wife. I think they were together since they were in their teens or early twenties. Yeah. I will say all of these people were known to be very kind, respectful people, and they were known to have a great capacity for love. 
Well, that's uh, the one that everyone touts today is Hugh Jackman and his wife. They've been together forever. She's about a decade and a half older than he is, and they've been together for 20-plus years now. And before he was famous. Long before he was famous. She was well-known. She worked in entertainment, but he didn't get yeah, big two years later. That was trying to, you know, uh, hook on to the star. Yeah, yeah, everyone thought he was the one trying to trying to up climb. Now he has all these little uh, teeny boppers all over him, and he's only got eyes for his wife. He's really he's known for not cheating, which is a funny thing to be known for in Hollywood. Yeah, well, you know, some some of my clients are uh, quite prominent and beautiful, and of course, that's what you get in Hollywood is very prominent, beautiful people. And I will say that most of them have a deep insecurity that they are not loved for themselves. Everyone wants to be loved for themselves. We all want that. And the thing is that most of us who aren't in Hollywood, we're not that well-connected, we're not that prominent, and we're not that beautiful. So we are loved for ourselves, and we don't have to worry about it. And in Hollywood, you've got a, a very different scenario, and I think that it really speaks volumes that Hugh Jackman is with, with someone who has always loved him for him. And I think it's interesting that he got with someone that he has stayed with long past uh, him becoming famous. Now, I'm, I'm going to ask, just because this is what I've got to go on here asking, apparently it's in response to the earlier, uh, if he cheats, he's prone to cheat again. If he cheats, is he always going to cheat again? Can I make it last? So the best predictor of what someone will do is what they've already done. I call it uh, the behavioral crystal ball, but it's not foolproof. It's just the best odds. So if you wanted to have absolutely the lowest odds, you wouldn't stay with someone who had cheated. But that said, I don't want anyone out there dumping their resolvable, viable relationship over what I just said. There are caveats, and here they are. If your partner cheated on you early in the relationship when things were hot and heavy and sexual between the two of you, he's going to cheat again. If he cheated several times, he's going to cheat again. If he cheated uh, without much forethought and without much guilt, he's going to cheat again. Uh, If he feels entitled to get some on the side, he's going to cheat again. Here's who's not going to cheat again. The guy who's not going to cheat again is the one who... Um, accidentally got close to someone at work and felt really bad about the affair and uh, came to you and said, I am having an affair and I feel awful about it and I don't want to do it anymore. Can you help me stop it? And who never had an affair during the early years of your relationship or your marriage and who, um, you know, obviously feels remorse about it. Or if you get involved with someone who that's their past. Maybe four or five years ago they had an affair and they were deep into a marriage at the time and the marriage had lasted a really long time. Maybe the marriage ended after the affair. If it's been a lot of years and they haven't done it again and they feel a lot of remorse, that's a good sign that they're not going to do it again. But the the common denominators of the non-serial cheater are they don't get involved with others lightly or um, intentionally or early in the relationship, and they do feel a lot of guilt and remorse about it. They've made a commitment not to do it again. I know a lot of people who had one affair and never did it again, men and women. So it's far from true that once a cheater, always a cheater. But if you're asking, oh, well, foolproof, this person will never cheat, the person who was in a difficult relationship and didn't cheat then probably never will. 
for example, I knew my husband was never going to cheat because he was in a marriage that was very unhappy, so unhappy that they lived in separate, they lived on separate floors of the house for nine years of the marriage, and he never cheated. I knew he wasn't going to cheat on me because even when he was miserable, he didn't cheat. He's just not that person. So because that was his self-image and because he had always lived that way, I knew he wouldn't do it. Does that make sense? And for the that record, you live on the same floor, right? Huh. Yeah, he and I live on the same floor. Yes, we have a very happy marriage. And that makes all the difference. What advice would you give to young girls out there uh, to stop looking for love in all the wrong places? That's, that's, I'm just summing up. I have a ton of questions, but I, I, what advice would you give to those girls? The wrong place is a place, any place, where you're likely to meet people who can't give you what you want. So... Instead, look in places where, think. first of all, you have to know what you want. That's kind of what I'm implying. You have to know what you want, figure out where those guys are, and go to those places. For example, I knew that I wanted someone who wanted commitment, not who could be cajoled or pleaded or begged into commitment someday, but who wanted it. So I went to sites that were known for attracting people who wanted commitment. I went where I had what, you know, a high ratio of, of likely success, I guess you could say. So go places where you think the kind of person that you want will congregate. I will tell you there's no place where you're going to meet a whole lot of people who fit your standard, but you only really need one. If you're looking for something serious, it only takes one. Go where you think he's going to be. I like that. That's really good advice. We have one minute left in the show. I want to say thank you. Thank you very, very much for coming on the show. You have a book out there. Where can everyone find it? Sure. You can find it and a free chapter at lovefactually.co. That's lovefactually with an F dot C-O. And, of course, it's sold everywhere. But you could get a free chapter there. That sounds fantastic. Thank you so very, very much for being on the show. Thanks. It was a great pleasure. Love to do it again. We'd love to have you on again. We've got a great response here and about 8,000 questions we haven't asked. So we'll have to have you back on definitely and go through some of these questions. I do want to give a shout out and say everyone check out Love Factually. Find out how to find the right person for you. Thank you very, very much for being on the show. And I do want to say thank you, of course, to Dr. Russ. Thank you, Paul, for being on again. And we will see you guys all next week. Please write in and tell me what you think. Do you think she was being racist? I'm really curious about this Jenna thing. Everyone's really angry about this Pepsi ad. Um, What do you think? Do you think it's intentional, unintentional, or do you just think the girl needs to get a clue? Write me on Twitter. Write me on Facebook. We'll talk all about it. I'm Summer Helene. This was Behind the Scenes. We'll see you next week. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.